0: Alright everybody, welcome to the Super Secret Broadcast, Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. Today, if you haven't noticed by the title, we are going to be talking about the Tree Man. But before we get into that, I want to just thank everybody for listening to us and sharing us around, because it's reflecting in our listens. So we are growing, and it's thanks to you. Alright, with me today is the Lorekeeper. You guys should already know who I am. Hello, everybody. I hope everybody's ready
1: for today's podcast. Pull up your Applejack, your apple cider donuts, and get home from the orchard, or don't. It is a radio, after all. And feel free to enjoy this discussion on a famous figure and quite a few things about him.
0: Yeah, so uh, we're doing this a little backwards this week, um, but stuff happened. And uh, we didn't make it last week, which is probably what threw us out of our rhythm because the more serious uh, show actually managed to land on YouTube. And then today on the podcast is the lighter hearted um, episode. So what we're going to be talking about, yes, is the tree man. And why? Because Johnny Appleseed Day just went by. And Johnny Appleseed Day is so awesome that it's actually multiple days in two different times of the year. Well,
1: and the beautiful thing is it's not technically over because some people claim it's today. (laughs) So we're doing all right. But yeah, there's two separate days for Johnny Appleseed. And I found this fascinating because they roughly coincide with the equinoxes. I think the one in the fall, so yesterday and today, is uh, his birthday, and then his death is the one in spring, which is interesting because it's kind of the reverse of what it would be unless... You look at it in certain ways, but I just thought that was really interesting that we've sort of had this almost green man style figure accidentally end up with two holidays competing for each other at the Equinoxes.
0: Right. Well, and why are we calling it the apple tree man when we're going to be predominantly talking about Johnny Appleseed, which I forgot what his actual name is, but I am positive the Lord Keeper knows, knows what his name is. But that's because in Europe, and it's a tradition that came over here, there is the apple tree man, which resides in the oldest apple tree in the orchard. Well, here in America, there is still the apple tree man, which is linked to Johnny Appleseed, because Johnny Appleseed is credited with creating many of the wild orchards, or even the not-so-wild orchards. And the, the oldest apple tree there has the apple tree man. So yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing to think about, but Johnny Appleseed birthed the apple tree man in in America, but the apple tree man is older and separate from Johnny Appleseed. It, it's a, kind of a neat thing, and it might cause a crinkle in your brain if you think about it too hard. But there it is. That's the way that it works.
1: Well, and what brought this to mind was I'll be honest, as much as I'm a big fan of Johnny Appleseed, I almost forgot that today and yesterday were his holiday. I only remembered it on accident, and it was because of all these synchronicities that kept popping up. Someone was randomly talking about Johnny Appleseed. When I had to go to work, there were apple cider donuts. There were people that were going apple picking. And all of a sudden, I'm like, maybe I should look up. When is that day? And it turned out it was that day. And it was fascinating to me because there were all these interconnected, accidental Apple things that were happening in the day-to-day life. And I didn't even realize it was a holiday. And neither did they. Like, the people going Apple picking, they were just going to go Apple picking. They had no idea it was the holiday. And when I told them that, they just brightened up. And it's fascinating to me because I don't think that. I don't think most people realize that there's even a holiday, let alone two separate days of the year on opposite ends to this figure. And I also don't think people fully understand just how broad Johnny Appleseed's folklore is and how misrepresented he actually is in the grand scheme of American folklore. Because the most notable thing that Johnny Appleseed has in the broader folklore and culture of the United States is the Disney movie which portrayed him as a pious christian with a guardian angel and he's a pacifist and he's spindly and doesn't have any muscles and all these things that Johnny Appleseed really wasn't
0: yeah that's exactly what I was going to say um the disney version portrays him pretty much the exact opposite of what he actually was because uh in the folklore in the actual folklore yes there's the the pot hat, or the, yeah the pot hat, um, but he was uh, he was described as a wild man, big, burly. Some of the folklore has him being friends with Paul Bunyan. Uh, there's I'm sure that there's a lot of different versions of the story of why he was friends with Paul Bunyan. But yeah, he lived in the wilderness. He wasn't all spindly, and he also was not a uh, pacifist and much of the folklore now there because there's a difference between somebody that goes looking for a fight and somebody that just ain't going to take no shit and johnny appleseed falls under that the the latter the one that he just ain't taking no shit so yeah think more big burly guy um his muscles have muscles Lives out in the wilderness. Big, thick beard. Not a spindly, not not a spindly man by any stretch of the imagination. Somebody that looks rough but is also kind, also gentle. But um, yeah, definitely not gonna brook no nonsense. Well, and his beard had a beard. I mean, this is the thing with Johnny Appleseed
1: is uh, if you actually get like physical descriptions of what he looked like at the time. Uh, it was described as, like, two piercing eyes from beneath his, like, tin pot hat. Just a massive beard and massive hair he you could barely see the eyes through. And just built like frickin' Paul Bunyan. The guy was ridiculously strong. And he had, like, wolves and bears and snakes for friends. Uh, the dude was basically a wildman. And then half the time he was... In rags because he didn't really buy clothes, so he'd barter for ill fitting ones that he just used till they pretty much fell off. So, and then most of the time he was also barefoot, which is why his feet effectively became numb. He could walk over
0: flame, he could walk over ice. Well, numb is not the right description. Numb implies no feeling whatsoever in his feet. The, the folklore specific, specifically mentions that his, his feet were so calloused that he could walk over uh, the hot coals, drive nails into the soles of his feet, or needles or pins, or, or roll hot pokers across the bottom of his feet, which he had often do to the, to the delight of young children. Um, and why would he do this? Well, one, showing off. Um, but the other, and why specifically are children mentioned with him doing things like driving nails and needles and pins into his feet and not feeling it or walking across fire or or uh, sharp things? Well, it's there's really only one reason to do it. And anybody out there that looks all gruff, um, looks like they're going to eat your liver out or what? what's the, the modern term? Resting bastard face. You want the children to like you, so then what do you do? You show off for the children. You focus on them so that they become comfortable around you because you do look scary. So this this common image, and we're using one for the um, the thumbnail on this episode, the common image, no, no. That's far too soft of a man, far too soft of a man. Soft men don't exist in nature because they can't. Well, and he
1: literally lived in nature, like he
0: would crash
1: in people's houses. But in general, he literally lived in the woods, like the wild woods and would go and go around planting the trees and stuff. And it was it's very interesting because even in his lifetime, uh, he started getting comments of that. He was either a holy man, like a medicine man from the Amerindians or uh, some of them even thought he was like a forest spirit or some kind of God which is actually really interesting. But yeah, he was a very fascinating figure. And I think one of the things that most interests me about him is that apples are this thing that's really, really important in Hyperborean spirituality. It's a bit odd to bring up because immediately you have... The most famous apples are like the poisoned apple of Snow White. Uh, The apple in the Garden of Eden, which was probably just some random fruit in the lore. They just translated it to apple. But all of these different things, they actually coalesce. And I would take a whole book, several books really, to go into just the bare minimum of all this apple lore throughout Europe. But in America... We also have it, because a bunch of it came over here, and then we ended up with a famous figure who, as time goes on, enters more and more this almost American green man, wild man, hermit, wise man, wanderer archetype, and it's actually kind of fascinating, especially because one of his nicknames, actually, is the American Dionysus, and this is actually a habit a lot of people have, is they'll the nicknames for American folklore characters will be like classic mythological characters and gods over in Europe. So you have the American Dionysus and then you have uh, Paul Bunyan is
0: often called the American Heracles or the American Thor. Right. And I'm pulling up something that uh, was posted on our, on our telegram here around the, uh, so, which by the way, follow that. It, that also helps us. It helps with exposure for the show everything because as our telegram grows so does the listens on our uh, on our podcast and our YouTube channel so thanks guys keep it up but there's a post that we put out today around the turn of the 19th century America had over 17,000 varieties of apple most of which are now foreign to the average american during this time the USDA employed 21 artists to document the various fruit, sorry, I have to bend around a corner to be able to read the screen. Uh, where, where was I? Various varieties, uh, fruit varieties of America. While many of these are now extinct, lost apple detectives are searching across the country attempting to return apples to, uh, sorry, attempting to return the apples of America to the rightful inheritors Many of our cider apples, however, are gone for good due to prohibition, which is true. Um, the I believe that was right around the time that the FDA was, uh, was created, and specifically to cut down these orchards, whether they was wild or people actually owned them, to not just cut them down, but cut them down and burn them because of the cider production, which had... Most of that ends up being used for alcohol, but this is very, very cool and If you follow our telegram, you'll see posts like this and all just a wide variety of stuff that we talk about that's wrapped around our spirit but yeah it's it's really cool that there's currently people going around trying to rediscover these these lost varieties of apple because whenever an an apple tree is highly uh well, I'm going to use the right word even though it's, it's scary to people. Muti- uh, mutamagenic. Because whenever a new tree grows, it is a new species. The only way that you continue a variety of apple is by the splicing. You can take a bough, bend it down, bury it, it'll grow roots, and therefore grow a new tree. If you look at some of the really old apple orchards, you can see how this has been done. It forms like arches all the way across the, um, all the way down and through the the orchard. But another way that you can do it is you you cut part of the branch. You start roots on that by putting in water, and then plant that. You continue on that exact same variety of apple. However, if you just take an apple, dig a hole, throw it in the hole, cover the hole, and an apple tree sprouts from it, that is going to be a different kind of apple than the one that you planted.
1: Well, another way that people will do it is they'll graft trees, uh, which is where you take a branch from one tree and you graft it onto the other. Then Only that one branch. Yeah, only that one branch. Some people have actually done interesting things where they've grafted a bunch of different fruit trees onto one tree, which must be horrible for the parent tree, but it's pretty neat. Um, But Johnny Appleseed, oddly enough, specifically was against grafting uh, because he viewed it as a little bit too violent for the tree. At least that's what people say. But he.
0: Well, it's just a perversion of nature. Yeah, it's
1: a perversion of nature. Whereas Johnny, he did it old school. That's why most of what he actually ended up growing were cider apples. Because most apples are actually not that good to taste, but they make really good alcohol.
0: Well, I can tell somebody's never been out in the wild and just ate wild apples which are commonly referred to as crab apples. Some are really good, some are really not. So then, uh, I was going to give a call of action that if you live in a more rural area, go out into the state parks or the national forest or whatever, and the odds are there's probably some apple trees out there if you look around, and start start caring for them. Start helping them spread, because um, it's food. And not just for us, but... For the, for the animals as well. The more food that there is to eat, the more animals there are. So, yeah. When they cut down all the, the wild apple trees. And they was combing through the, uh, the forests Looking for them. Um, the animal population actually took a dive. I saw some, some uh, official records that recorded it by as much as a third of the wildlife population dropped. Just by removing the apple trees. Uh, now, there's more conservative numbers, but we live in a day of extremes and big headlines. One-third of of the wildlife has disappeared due to a lack of apple trees. That's, that's something people's going to click on. You know, people's not going to click on, well, between uh, one-tenth and one-third. Because the one-tenth makes it seem like, eh.
1: Well, and of course, the bears lost their source of just getting hammered. Because yeah, I remember you told me that story of like the drunk bear you saw up in the
0: UP. That's hilarious. Yeah, because um bears will eat apples, but they prefer the rotten apples. and um yeah, like bait piles. people will bait in and um deer with apples. Well, the bears also go from bait pile to bait pile, and what they what they'll do is they'll run around through the the piles of apples. Looking for the most rotten ones and eat those, and then during their circuit, they will end up getting drunk because that's what happens the the fruit will actually turn into alcohol without having to do any real processing to it it's just a natural part of their uh, decomposition they'll uh, they'll take on alcohol uh, or rather they'll start producing alcohol but yeah it's it's really cool, and if you don't have any Apple trees in your region. Go out to the the national parks or the the state parks or your backyard and just plant some apples. That it's really that easy. It really is just that easy. And I also wanted to bring up that the orchard keeper used to be a time honored um, a time honored position in any village and they was very specific, very aware of everything that they was doing. From the the time that the green buds would start off from the branches to the blossoms and literally caring for the tree all year round. When the don't pick the apples too early, but don't pick them too late. When you pick an apple, you must be very gentle with the apple and there was a special knife for cutting the apple away from the tree and then the the apple must be placed into a basket, not just dropped into a basket. Like today, they just go out with tree shakers and nets and just shake the shit out of the trees. Used to be each apple was individually picked, hand-picked, hand-chosen, hand-sorted. This apple goes for cider. This apple goes for applesauce. This apple goes to be dried. This apple goes to be eaten fresh, and they took great pride in it.
1: Well, an apple season's probably one of my favorite seasons because, first of all, all of a sudden, everything I like to eat just automatically starts popping up. Uh, maple-flavored anything, pumpkin-flavored anything, uh, ap- because all of these things are actually typically grown on the same land because they all take the same sort of materials. Like, back when I lived in Iowa, there was a local orchard, um, and you could go to it and apple pick. Uh, they had you know, little uh, apple tractors and hayrides for kids. Uh, They had like a pumpkin patch. It was actually pretty neat. And it's, I don't know how common that is, but like most orchards seem to have a pumpkin patch. And I think it's because there's like this big harvest festival thing once you get to apple picking. And in America, it's actually a pretty common fall activity. I'm not sure how common apple picking is over in Europe, but I'm pretty sure almost every European country has some kind of apple. And it is actually almost spiritual because I remember uh, going and picking apples and just looking at, because the orchard in my home area has a river cutting through it with an old bridge. There's just, as far as the eye can see, these rolling hills of these dark, crinkly forests and orchards, and you can get lost in them. And it's actually a really, just just how it looks is fascinating. It gives you that kind of sleepy, hollow Halloween
0: experience, but with less ghouls and goblins. Yes. Well, uh, you, you got the apple bobbing and all that good stuff, but... John Chapman, that's his name, Jonathan Chapman. I suggest, in honor of Jonathan Chapman, um, well, the one time is in March, so in certain areas you wouldn't be able to do this, but definitely in the fall you could do this Uh, because, let me see, the apples are generally ripe in, in the fall, but you could go out, and I believe that he lived for 74 years. Plant 74 trees, Uh, they don't have to be actual trees take an apple cut it in quarters until you get approximately 74 of them and go out and plant those 74 quarters it it doesn't really require anything super special um take one apple if if that's all that you have take one apple separate out 74 yeah because the page i'm looking at um doesn't really have his age on it i could find it but i'd rather focus on the show But take the 74 seeds, go out and scatter them in the forest. Maybe they'll grow, maybe they won't. If nothing else, it doesn't hurt to try. And then we can get back our wild apple trees. And also, uh, Jonathan Chapman, or Johnny Appleseed, he was also credited with spreading other plants as well. Oh, no, that's horrible in today's world. Oh, blah, blah, what what the fuck ever. Um, If they're useful plants, they're useful plants. They've already all been integrated. Anything that he would have uh, would have planted, like he's credited with pears. Some people will credit him with um, uh, apricot trees in the south. Um, uh, crap, I can't remember the other one. It's like the hillbilly banana. Oh, papa. Yeah, the pawpaw. Um, some stories have him planting pawpaw trees. I think really all he did was basically um, plant plants and take care of plants as he was. Yes.
1: I was just going to say he's the uh, OG uh, permaculture planter. Just food forests everywhere.
0: Pretty much, exactly, yeah. It's just uh, um, permaculture. And and he didn't just do that. You can learn a little bit of veterinary. I mean, you don't have to become a veterinarian. Just a little bit of veterinary work so that you can, I don't know, if you see an injured animal, uh, you might be able to, Get because there's services, um, there's organizations that take care of injured animals. That way, you can kind of assess you. You can learn where to take them to. Um, animals are starving; feed them. Uh, there's the possibilities are endless because really he is more than just an apple tree man. But the apple trees are the coolest part of the story. Well, not the coolest part, but it's the the most popular part, I guess. It is a cool name, Johnny Appleseed, the Apple Tree Man. Well, and apple trees are actually a pretty cool tree because the older they get,
1: the more like spindly they get. They well, get and the better their fruit. Yeah, they get they get better tasting and they get creepier looking. Like I think that's one of the reasons they're so great for um, for like Halloween and stuff like that, and that especially all those holidays is they do look like in the right light, like like a haunted
0: forest. Like apple orchards straight up look like haunted forests. Yeah, and that's, that's another thing that can be brought up is everybody's seen the, the picture of the Halloween tree. It looks remarkably like an apple tree with no leaves on it. Remarkably. I, I, I wonder why. I wonder if these things are kind of interconnected and we just forgotten. And I would lay money a whole dollar on this being true. And again, we we ha- we even have games around it, the apple bobbing, for instance, or uh, anybody that grew up in the in the country is probably painfully aware, maybe even still has scars from the apple fights.
1: Well, there's also a traditional uh, a traditional uh, treat for. Halloween because before the time of Twix and M&Ms and Skittles and Reese's and all these big name candy people had to make their own so you had things like popcorn balls and of course uh, the candy apples or the caramel apples or all these different kinds of apples and I think that's actually their apple used to be a pretty common candy but I don't know what they did but they like messed up whatever artificial
0: flavoring they're using for apple it it's bad now yeah apple is actually a good a good flavor if you get a good apple um which is the the deal with apples either they're really good or they're really not and oh um i was talking earlier about orchards there was another custom too where some of the apples would be left on the trees until after the first frost and then they'd be picked why because they're absolutely delicious all the the uh sugars that's inside the the apple crystallizes and it makes them more tart and brisk and sweet all at the same time it's absolutely amazing but um yeah if you if you're aware of any crab apple trees because weirdest thing i've had people argue with me that crab apples are poisonous what they're not trust me they're not They're not any more poisonous than any other apple. The the poisonous part is the seed, but you're not going to die from eating a seed. More of that chemical is pushed through before the apple's ripe, um, and that chemical coalesces into the seeds. But you're not going to die. You're going to get a tummy ache. You're not... No, these apples are perfectly fine to eat. They're perfectly good to use for all the things that you use apples for, you take a bite of it. It might not taste like it might be too bitter for instance, but then you take these apples and then that the wild apple, that's a little too bitter. You mix them together and make an applesauce and then you can have something absolutely wonderful. And yeah, so you just play with it. Don't be scared of nature. People go out there and, and, um, uh, yeah. Take care of the apple trees. Take care of the, the wild lavender patches because those are actually medicinal as well. Um, and there's certain insects that don't like lavender and I've had people say, well, la-, because John, the only reason why I bring it up is because Johnny Appleseed is accredited with all this stuff. The, the lavender patches and bushes that's everywhere. The, uh, I forget what they're called, but they're little yellow flowers, that he spread these things everywhere. Basically, the dude spread medicine and food everywhere that he went and took care of the animals, and this is an important thing. I mean, like with bears, for instance, we say we're constantly talking about how bears are not this big, bad, or wolves are not this big, bad monster that you got to be absolutely terrified of but you probably don't want to run up to them, give them a hug, and kiss them on the nose. I mean, you can, I guess you'll you you can do that once. I don't know about a second time. You might not be around for a second go at it, but you could try it once. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just the thing. Become aware of of our environments when we can, and if you live in an urban area, just. Plant an apple tree in a, um, what are those things called? They're they're like round pot things, flower pots, flower pots, and put it in your window. Uh, apple trees can grow just about anywhere. All, all it needs is some dirt, water, and sunshine. And here's, here's a sad thing, though. When you plant an apple tree, you're going to have to wait at least four or five years before you get any apples off from it because they need to mature. Which is actually part of the reason that Johnny
1: Appleseed uh, was so popular during his lifetime, is uh, to keep your land, you had to establish an orchard to show that you were going to stay there. So well,
0: it didn't have to be an orchard. You had to be able to show that you was producing food.
1: You had to show that you were able to produce food. Uh, supposedly, the, the thing about apples and stuff, though, was that it showed a desire to stay, which could help your case. But... Johnny would get so far ahead of the pioneers and the frontiersmen, which is another thing they got wrong with uh, the Disney version, is he was constantly one step ahead of the pioneers and the frontiersmen. And he actually would plant way before they got there, and then they could actually establish and own their land faster, which was a big boon to people moving out west, especially because a lot of them didn't necessarily know exactly what they were doing. Um, but I always find those little stories of Johnny Appleseed pretty fascinating. Like there's one where there's this preacher talking about how man has removed himself from nature. Where is the barefoot wandering, you know, whatever prophet or whatever. And Johnny Appleseed's like, here I am. (laughs) And this preacher who was just admonishing everyone for being so modern, basically sees the wild man with like the burly beard and the piercing eyes and is like, oh my freaking God, just
0: freaking out about it. Okay, yeah, I just looked it up to verify. He was born in uh, 1774. So he wasn't 74 years old, but screw it. 74 apple apple trees a year is great. Um, and he died in 1845. So if you want to do it for how many years he's been alive, that's 70. Or you could shoot, go all out. Plant one thousand seven hundred and seventy four apples in a year. Why not? I mean really why not? Um most of them aren't gonna aren't gonna grow anyways because you, you it's just really the way that works. Is you plant um a whole bunch of seeds, only some of them grow. It, it's there's nothing wrong with that. It works better. It works far, far better than that. Because I've seen some people they freak out because they'll plant something and they'll put one seed in the hole, and then nothing happens. And they're like, oh, my goodness, it's horrible. I I must have killed the seed. Well, the seed probably wasn't uh, viable. It it happens, and it happens quite often. Could you imagine if every possible seed grew? Wow, holy crap. It would actually quickly become a nightmare. And then there, you also have some seeds which will sit dormant for like a century or more. There's All the conditions are met, but for whatever reason, they just kind of chill out for a century. So that's why um, multiple seeds are planted per plant. And the thing is, really, nature knows what it's doing. So, yeah, there you go. He was 70 years old when he died. Uh, Jonathan Chapman, some, some people argue that he was not Johnny Appleseed it doesn't really matter. Johnny Appleseed has outgrown Jonathan Chapman. You, tell, you say the, word, the name Jonathan Chapman to most people. They have no idea who you're talking about. You say Johnny Appleseed, they're like, what? What? Tell me more about this Johnny Appleseed guy.
1: Well, effectively, it's the man and the spirit. The man and the myth. Both are the same, but one is sort of the continuation. It's like John Barleycorn over in uh, England. It's a spirit. It might have even been a a dude at some point. I don't know. John Barleyman or something. I don't know. Jonathan Barleyman. But... (laughs) uh, But... Or it might have been a god. Who knows? But... Johnny and uh, Jack are both terms typically used for, like, spirits or semi-deities. It's interesting how the English language works. Especially because his name was actually John. So, an accidental situation there. But... He's not the only famous pioneer, but he's so unique among them. Like uh when I was first getting into paganism, I really liked the story of Johnny Appleseed and I actually started thinking like what if he and a dune just started hanging out. You know, it just a, it's just something that pops into your head and me and you were actually just talking about this a little bit ago, which was the idea of there's all these orchard gods that kind of get glossed over, even though they're important, because our people have done like sacred groves and permaculture for a long time. And it's interesting because there's this resurgence of these traditional farming methods and these gods aren't getting their due. Like, why is Idun, with all these heathens doing permaculture, why isn't
0: Idun more important or Pomona Oh, I just had a random thought. I was thinking of some old school farmers that was still in the area where I grew up before they basically made it against the law and start. Well, it's always been, for as long as I've been alive. It's technically been against the law, but then they start cracking down on them. But they they'd plant their gardens, right? And their biggest enemy was deer and rabbits. They would giggle when they'd see the wolves or the coyotes come in. They would even bait them in. Come here, wolf. Come here, um, um, coyote. And people would be like, aren't you scared? They're like, no. They get rid of the rabbits. The rabbits will eat everything. The deer, what they don't eat, they stomp into the ground. They're vermin. Bring me the wolves and the coyotes because they keep the vermin out of my garden. So everything's perspective. And, um, um, But to get back on, on on topic, well, I guess that wasn't too far off topic. But the old the uh, the apple tree man, the uh, and I was talking about this earlier, which is the spirit of the oldest apple tree in the orchard. In some cases, he's attached to the oldest apple tree, but he's not actually the apple tree. He's an independent entity or spirit. And then in other cases, it is literally the tree. And then in other cases, it is the trees spirit manifest because there's stories where people actually talk to the apple tree man or animals will talk to the apple tree man um there's stories and the folklore it gets crazy but um there's folklore where um somebody goes and they they give a sacrifice of apple cider to the to the um the apple tree to the apple tree man and thanks for all the apples Um, I guess that, yeah, it, it, it gets weird, but, um, and then through showing respect and, or even just simply asking questions of the apple tree man, because you know, he lives for so long because apple trees live for, for very long. He then rewards them. Um, and one of the stories it's, he told them where some gold was, was stashed. So, oh, you're, you're such a great person. People like gold, right? There's some gold have it. In other cases, he'll, um, he will have hidden people from, uh, like, the, the sheriff's men looking for him. And he, he'll hide them or uh, the, the various animals. He'll warn them away because the people are coming. Uh, there's a lot of folklore around the apple tree man, which is separate of Johnny Appleseed. But Johnny Appleseed's also called the apple tree man, which is why the the title to this episode it's it's actually really interesting it's worth digging into just because
1: well and like he embodies elements of Dionysus and all these other things the green man the apple tree man he also has other heroic deeds that are written down that are historical like for instance during the war of 1812 i think uh basically He ran through woods infested, not infested, but populated with bears, wild boars, rattlesnakes, brambles, basically through what most people would take a long time to get through. And he ran through it and then warned all these uh, homesteaders and isolated families all night running through perilous woods, yelling at the top of his lungs to wake people up because the british were coming they were coming in the war of 1812 to burn everybody's houses down so he saved a bunch of lives in his own sort of paul revere midnight run and it's it's not as well known but it's actually even more impressive because paul revere had to do uh he went by horse johnny was just running on bare feet
0: (laughs) well and some people might question well for somebody that's out ahead of the pioneers. He sure spends an awful lot of time with the pioneers. How is that? It doesn't take nearly as long to walk across the continent of North America as people think that it does. Um, three months, if you know where you're going and what you're doing, you can, you can walk it. So, according to a lot of the folklore, if you piece it together... Well, actually, some of the folklore even comes right out and, and, and describes it. Back and forth across the country. So he went from the east all the way to the west coast, turn around, and come back. Well, if you can do that even once a year over the course of, well, he lived to be 70 years old. Um, Supposedly, he started on these uh, journeys when he was a teenager. I don't know if that's true. Some have him being an adult before he starts because I haven't actually looked at the laid-out lifespan of Jonathan Chapman. But let's let's have him start in his twenties. From twenty to seventy, if you make one pass a year, how many times are you going back and forth? Um, my math says somewhere around fifty. If you live to be seventy and you start at twenty, that's a lot of passes back and forth. That's a lot of interaction with people, and especially as when you're coming back, you see people from the the West Coast to the East because we was uh, America was. Um, uh, the, the Pioneers moved east to west. If he's coming back from west to east, he gets to see where people are moving in and stop and talk to them so to, for news from the, the east coast. And according to the folklore, um, yeah, pretty much he didn't always go from coast to coast. Sometimes it was just back and forth through the middle. So that speeds it up even more. That's a lot of interaction north to south, east to west especially if you're you're living in the wild and you're constantly on the go. So, yeah, it, there's nothing that says that he could not have done everything that he's credited with have have doing actually he could have done more. Especially because he lived in the wild and was constantly on the go. I'm sure that there's all kinds of stories that he did that we have no no idea that he even did it because there was nobody to watch.
1: Well, and not only that, there's also the fact that there's entire books written about him. I didn't even know. I knew that there was some like historical ones and there's bits of folklore and like children's books. But no, there's like an entire romance epic about uh, Johnny Appleseed. You can actually find it on like Wikimedia. It's free. The whole PDF's free, but you can find it. And it's very interesting. I mean, I think there's even a chapter called The Queen of the Fairy Island. I don't think she's literally a fairy, but I don't know for sure. Um, it's interesting how the mythology and history end up getting blended when we write stuff.
0: Right. And here's the thing is, well, and we're going to stop even bringing this up, but so this is, I'm hoping the last show where we bring it up, but he himself described himself as being Christian. Uh, some people will even bring up, well, you see, he was Swedish, Borganism, whatever type of Christian. I would argue he wasn't. He he was he falls under that umbrella of people that think that they're Christian but they're doing extremely heathen things. Even recognizing the heathen deities and spirits because he was a big one for land spirits. Um yeah, he was a heathen that thought he was Christian. He he rewrote the the afterlife actually in a heathen way. Not not even in the Christian way.
1: Oh, yeah, all the angels had halls that you could go to, and there was a spirit realm. And then hell sounds suspiciously a little closer to, like, Hades or
0: Gary, Indiana or something. Right, the meadow of the ancestors. He actually describes a meadow of the ancestors. It's a, it's a meadow, a valley between two mountains where, where all, of, all of your kin through all of time are there unless you know they're busy on their resurrection? Uh, I no, not resurrection. Um, fuck. What is that? Reincarnation. Reincarnation uh, um, duty, because yeah, it, it's a whole thing. Unless they're busy being reincarnated, they're gonna they're gonna be there chilling, waiting to talk to you to to. He- yeah, the dude was a heathen. He didn't even know it, and he's he's quickly developed. Well, he did exactly what I suggest people do. He was bigger than life. He was bigger than life. Now, you don't have to do what Johnny Appleseed did to be bigger than life because there's also Popeye. Popeye, real guy. I forgot what his real name was, but you can look it up. Uh, on Gee Dunk, um, there was uh, an article recently done on him. and uh, Yeah, I remember actually pointing that out to the guy that runs Gee Dunk. Yeah, the Popeye was a real guy and he was bigger than life. Yeah. You don't have to wander all over the place to be bigger than life. You can be a cook and be bigger than life.
1: Well, I remember when I told you that not only was uh, Popeye based on a real person, but most of the characters were, and you were so excited when, what was it? Wimpy yes. was a real person.
0: Wimpy, the hamburger eating guy. Yeah. He was based. Almost all those characters are, are based on, on real people. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. We can all be bigger than life. And part of that is actually boasting, but you got to be careful with the boast. You have to be able to back it up. You have to be able to back it up. Um, I, I, I did this thing. Well, that's great. You better be able to do that thing or at least die in the fricking attempt. So yeah. And we, we boast here and But we don't do empty boasts. There's a difference between boasting and, well, not even bragging. Because bragging should actually be based on something that's, it's good to brag. It's good to boast. But it's not good to do it if it's empty. I'm going to be a millionaire and then you never try. That's bad boasting. That's bad bragging. I'm going to be a millionaire. It doesn't matter if you actually achieve it or not. Are you constantly trying? Are you constantly pursuing this? Especially in, in the, the most honorable sense, which would be a, a reasonable reason why you don't make it is It's not that you can't be an honorable. It's just harder. It's just harder. That's all. So, yeah, just be bigger than life. Do things. I don't, I don't even care what it is. Just do things. Be brave and strong and, and, and cunning, wise. So strength, courage, and wisdom. Really, that's all that we need to be bigger than life and to nurture our own myth like Johnny Appleseed, like Paul Bunyan, like Pecos Bill, like Popeye.
1: Well, and I've spoken about this before that America has sort of unintentionally matched up our own holidays with traditional holidays. So, for instance, we have holdovers like Easter, Halloween, Yule. But then we have uh, American Halloween. And then we also have Groundhog Day, which is, you know, descendant of Imbolc. Uh, Fourth of July, which is descendant of Midsummer traditions. A lot of them got incorporated into the holiday. And then... Around this time, you not only have the equinox, or as the Wiccans would call it, Mabon, which is a modern name, but whatever, it yeah, might as well. Or as the Christians call it, Michaelmas, which was actually, I think, uh, in two days. So about the 29th is when Michaelmas is. And it actually carries a lot of what we talk about with Halloween, which is the gathering of courage and strength and the remembering of heroic deeds and showing that you're capable of it. And they throw in some spirits of the ancestors and whatnot and fighting dragons. Which, here's a fun fact, there are actually dragon corn spirits. I think they're called drox, but they take the form of dragons. But what I'm getting at is is the Johnny Appleseed Day, especially the one in the fall. So today and yesterday or whichever one you choose to go with.
0: Which will be a couple days ago by the time they hear this. Yeah,
1: which will be a couple days ago by the time you hear this. Because we do pre-record these to prep them. Um, The... Johnny Appleseed Day is effectively the American equinox tradi- uh, tradition. It's, there's even festivals that happen on Johnny Appleseed Day. Uh, they celebrate with pioneer villages and apple bobbing and educational things. And people actually dress up as Johnny Appleseed. Like pe- There's orchards that'll have people that traditionally do it as like a fun thing. They tell stories of Johnny Appleseed. They're educational. They've got the hat, the beard, the stick, the the burlap sack bag clothing, stuff like that. And I remember you telling me that when you were younger, there were actual people that would take the kids out to the orchard and they'd have like a red sash and like a... Uh, basically a, a whole getup.
0: Well, yeah, and then... Um when you're picking the apples, um, I'm not sure what time they do the clouties in, um, in Ireland, but here, yeah, tie ribbons when you're picking the apples. You tie ribbons on the trees that, and the branches that you already picked the apples off from. That's how I actually became aware of it. I didn't realize just how traditional it was when my family did this in the fall. We'd go out and tie pick apples, wild apples. Well, we'd start with the apples that was in the front yard and then we would go out into onto the state land cuz there we knew where there were some apple trees out there and pick apples and yeah we'd tie ribbons on the um on the branches uh red sashes we'd reenact like the the basic uh, Johnny Appleseed story it, it, was, it was a good time and we'd just get shit tons of apples and anyways yes yeah, going to pull this back to the whole permaculture thing cuz pretty much he was um uh, moving permaculture guy constantly on the go and taking care of nature and this way and that way and we can do that too on a smaller scale without having to be you know full-on nomadic if you're full-on nomadic congratulations but uh um oak trees and their acorns we can one it's part of learning how to gather acorns are edible learn how to process them A little bit, there's wonderful YouTube videos for pretty much everything out there so you can learn how to process them yourself. Collect up acorns. Figure out which ones are germinated, which ones aren't. Plant them specifically in the best way for uh, to give them the best opportunity to grow. Uh, Walnut trees is another one. Um, But help the forest grow a little bit. Uh, You can do things like going out to a park, I guess, Pick up some of the trash. I mean, that sounds all hippy-dippy and, and stuff, but picking up some of the trash, picking up some of the fallen limbs, um, ad, adopt a tree, I guess. I, I've heard people use that expression. Adopt a tree. Take care of it. Go go spend time there. Have a picnic with your tree. Uh, and here's the best part. You don't have to pay anything for it because there's, there's entire... Uh, what are those things called? Uh, they're give me money and then I'm going to do this thing for you, like feed a puppy or spank an eagle. Um, what are those things called? Uh, nonprofit. Yeah, those nonprofit things that aren't actually nonprofit. And then you 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 pay them money and then you get the warm warm fuzzy in your heart. I'm I'm helping the uh, the pygmy puppies in South Australia go to college. All, all that ridiculous stuff, it, do, it doesn't really cost you anything to go to the park and pick up some of the fallen limbs, clear some of the debris, um, uh, pick berries, uh, scrape up some, some of the acorns. The And I understand there's regulations in some areas where you just cannot do that. But it also doesn't cost anything to go to the park, spread out a blanket, and have a picnic there with your family underneath. This is our tree. We've adopted this tree. Other people will use this tree and that is good. So you don't have to pay some commission. Uh, only thirty nine ninety nine a day and you can have warm fuzzies in your heart because we're going to take care of this tree for you. That's some of the dumbest sh- well yeah we're on the podcast. That's some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard and people buy into it constantly. Just go out and do things like this and then that will free up time because how much time do we spend watching the youtube videos how much time do we spend playing the video games how much time do we spend doing this or that or this other thing and please spend time listening to us because it really does help us and we actually are going to do things um and you can help us out directly or not just just listen to us let let us play and will be that lovely background sound for you. And yes, we are working on on doing things. But we're working on doing things because they're things that need done. We're not working on doing things for the sake of uh, the same reason as these these non-charity foundation bullshit. Give us money and we're going to save the giant ants of the Himalayas. And then they don't do anything. We're, we're actually working on, on doing things. One of the things that, one of our goals actually is to go semi Johnny Appleseed. We want to go um, digital nomad and take the show on the road and go from town to town and put videos up on the YouTube of, hey, here's this small town. Um, show the reality of what's going on, whether it's great, whether it's bad. Find uh, the, I don't know, Bob's nickel store. I, I, I don't care what it is and show off the culture of America as, as we travel around. And while doing that due to my own nature, I won't be able to help myself from doing things like take, showing a little bit of care to whatever the campsites are that we'd be staying at. That, that's, that's one of our goals. We want to travel around, collect folklore, show off these small towns because they're dying off. We don't want them to die. And if people don't know about things or places, they can't go there. Why? Because they just don't even know that it exists. And we want to highlight um, uh, America, um, our people. And why do we want to highlight America? Well, because we happen to be Americans. I encourage Canadians to do the same thing. English people do the same thing. Irish people do the same thing, travel around, show things off and and show the realities of it. Some things are fantastic, other things are less than fantastic, and what I'm talking about is for our people because there's we we do have towns in America where people are literally starving to death because while the state aid is there, they don't have access to the state aid. There's no business there. They still have land taxes to pay or worse yet, rent to pay when there's no jobs or almost no jobs. But we don't want to just focus on the horrible things. We also want to show off the grand things. Uh, Isn't this wonderful? Somebody is doing this thing. And basically taking after Jonathan Chapman in in this case of going around, talking to people, showing things off, uh, learning things, sharing stories, gathering stories, because there's so much folklore in America that's not written down and people don't realize these are important stories. That's how the folklore that we have currently was gathered is somebody went around and talked to people and wrote the stories down. It's, it's, it's going to be amazing when we get to that position. Um, but we need people like you to keep listening to the show, to share the show around. Um, we have currently one one financial supporter. Um, I forgot what his, what his name was. Tony? Terry? Tony. Um, but every time I open up the, the podcast platform, he's there, and I say thank you. Because it, it is it a, a ridiculous amount? Oh, absolutely not, but it counts. It adds up. It adds into the pile. Uh, first step is getting a second mic, because else that'll, that'll uh, help with a lot of our audio issues. Right now, where you guys will hear like bumps and bangs and boing, that's because we're sharing one mic. We're doing what we can with what we have, and bringing these ideas out to you. Doing this, the research that we can. Um, there's actually we there's a lot of books that the Lord Keeper wants. Wow, books can be expensive. And it'd be easy to say, well, everything's on the internet, but it's not. Everything is not in the internet. Some things are simply in books.
1: Well, and I like to think that we've shown a lot of different things today. Uh, One thing that I want to touch on is permaculture because it's a modern word and it gets kind of cringy with some people, but it's really just a very old way of growing food. Europeans have done it for a ridiculous amount of time. Hyperboreans probably even longer since I'm just grouping all of us together rather than just the concept of people that live on this one peninsula. But we it's actually a very efficient way to grow food, especially because different things will fruit at different times. Like you don't gather chestnuts at the same time as mulberries. And then there's regenerative ranching and all these other things. But also, we talked about how we wanted to go and basically travel and collect folklore. It's something I'd love to do, basically do an American Grimm Brothers, or uh, I'd love to actually collect enough of the mythic figures that I can craft some kind of American Kalevala. I mean, I wouldn't call it the American Kalevala, but more in the vein of that than just a, a set of folklore. Because it's not just Johnny Appleseed, there's Joe McGarrick, there's Fearsome Critters, there's Paul Bunyan, there's Pecos Bill, there's The Undertaker, there's Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone. There's all these beautiful, interesting things that have happened in our folklore. And I really want to bring that all together and show people just how much we have. And as we move forward, we're going to keep working on this stuff as much as we can. And
0: And with their help, we'll be able to
1: do it. Yeah, with your help, we'll be able to do it. And I think I'll finish up by saying Johnny Appleseed may seem like just another folklore character, but he's so much more. He's important, especially to those of us over here in America. And for anyone who thinks America is just a loaned Time We've only been here a few hundred years, et cetera, et cetera. We should just go back. First of all, no offense to Europeans, but I know I've known plenty of people that are like, my ancestors left that dumb rock for a reason. So no offense, but that that is something that a lot of Americans think. The other thing is look up the Clovis people, look up the original description of some Bigfoot, look up the Moon-Eyed people, and look up the ridiculously old standing stones that are of suspiciously European... Uh, style in North America. We are the people of the North woods. If anyone else was living here before we got here, they were just keeping it warm for us. Johnny Appleseed spread apples and cheer and the hyperborean spirit across
0: the land. And I am not going to let that go to waste. All right. And then I'm going to close out here saying, uh, thanks everybody for listening. We are growing. We appreciate it very much. It, it keeps us motivated. Um, And some people complain that we're too prolific, but too bad. Um, (laughs) We do put a lot of stuff a lot of information out there, and we're going to continue to put a lot of information out there. So thanks, everybody. And until next time, don't be safe. Don't stay quiet. Um, Don't keep your head down, but do keep your powder dry because the shit's about to get real.